Hey guys, welcome back to the Girls Next Door. Um, today we are going to be talking about a very serious topic. So many of you guys in the comments down below were wondering, how do abortion laws affect women's rights? So many of you in the comments had different standpoints on the matter. Some of you are pro-life, some of you are pro-choice. In case you don't know that any of those terms, pro-choice means that you're for abortions and pro-life means that you're against them. Demita, how about you? Are you pro-life or pro-choice? If I'm being completely honest, both sides do have good points, but I believe in being pro-choice. I don't think a woman should bring a child into this world if she isn't ready to take care of it. What about you? What do you think? To be honest, I'm both pro-choice and pro-life. I believe women should have the right to an abortion, but to an extent. For example, if the baby is fully developed, so around 3 or 4 months, an abortion would be like murder. But before that, the fetus is still just a bunch of cells. There should also be qualifications for abortion. If you aren't financially or emotionally stable to have a baby, then that would be an excuse to not have one. But simply having an abortion because a baby would be an inconvenience to you isn't the way to go. Women should should still have the option to do what they want with their bodies, though. I mean, those are some good points, but think about it. The people who are pro-life never really consider the fact that you have to be financially, physically, and most importantly, mentally ready to handle a baby. If you have to keep a child you aren't ready for, then you're basically setting your child up for a life of struggle. Yeah, that is true. That's also why I support abortion. Bringing a child into this life should be a blessing, not a curse. But you know what I heard? Many states in America are already banning abortion. And almost every senator that signed those bills are men. People without uteruses are trying to tell women what they can do with theirs. You know, I read this article on teen health and wellness, and I remember it said that in 2013, there was a protest in New York where both pro-life and pro-choice supporters stood across the street from one another and protested. Now, that's definitely something I want to see. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I could just sense all that energy right now. Okay, I think they've had enough of us. Let's introduce them to our guest speaker. Here is Dr. Tanvi Sharma. Hey, Dr. Sharma. So as a doctor, you probably have viewpoints from each side. Thanks, Melissa. Yeah, of course, there are good arguments on both sides. Um, For pro-life, as you mentioned, they are against abortion and believe that it's wrong because they believe that as soon as an unborn child has been conceived, um, it has a life and that they believe that it's their job to protect these lives. And so many pro-life people um, argue that these bills in pro-life, which is the anti-abortion movement, are not about punishing women for having sex, but they are about preserving a human life that already exists. Many of those who are anti-abortion actually say that it is a viewpoint based on human rights. Um, And for pro-choice, as you already mentioned again, supports legalized abortions because they believe that women should have a choice for their moral and religious beliefs. They themselves may not choose an abortion, but they still believe in the right to decide. So pro-choice activists um, argue that the right to have an abortion goes concurrently with the right to follow one's own morals and values. Rev. Alford Harkey, actually, who's the president and CEO of the Religious Institute and is also a Christian pastor, explains her pro-choice views by saying it's a human right to maintain personal bodily autonomy, to have children, to not have children, and to parent in a safe, sustainable community. In 1992, in 1892 and 1969, no Canadian woman had legal access to birth control, which became a crisis across Canada in the 1930s, as women who, as families who had already struggled to take care of their existing children now had to deal with crushing financial burdens of an unplanned pregnancy. They believe that if parents aren't mentally, emotionally, physically, financially 
ready for a child. That child will only end up neglected in an already overpopulated foster care system or simply a life of struggle. You know, we really have to thank you for taking the time to come here and speak to us on such a concerning topic. Yeah, absolutely, especially since the debate is starting up again because of what's going on in the states. For those of you who don't know, uh, many states, about 30 in recent months, including Louisiana and Alabama, introduced some sort of abortion ban, um, oftentimes without exceptions for cases of rape and incest. Um, if we're looking at the legal and moral viewpoints, many states have made heartbeat bills in recent months. These heartbeat bills make the procedure um, banned as soon as they can detect the fetal heartbeat. Most of the time, the fetal heartbeat can be detected at about six weeks into pregnancy. However, in many cases, women don't even know that they're pregnant around this time. In the Roe v. Wade ruling in 1973, the Supreme Court legalized abortions in every state. This law protects a woman's right to an abortion only until viability, which is the point at which a fetus is able to live outside the womb. This is usually around 28 weeks into a pregnancy. These heartbeat bills are directly unconstitutional, and laws similar to these heartbeat bills are unconstitutional on purpose, as anti-abortion supporters hope that the appeals will reach the U.S. Supreme Court, which would then allow them to revisit federal laws protecting the procedure. Up until now, however, abortion is still legal in every state. Wait, have you guys seen the pictures of the pro-choice rallies? There are women holding up signs with hangers captioned, Never Again. What's the deal with that? Well, unfortunately, when women don't have access to such medical procedures like abortions, they may seek unsafe ways to carry out the procedure themselves purely out of desperation. In the past, women have used hangers, strong drugs, medication to just name a few to have an abortion on their own because they do not have access to a safe and legal one. This has been the cause of death for many women in the past and other women around the world today who find unsafe ways to carry out abortions. If abortions became completely banned, we're going to start to see this happen again because people see this as their only option and they don't see another way out. I totally agree with you on that. I would rather see someone take an abortion pill or go to a clinic than do it unsafely behind a street corner or something. Yeah, we see this issue arising in America because Missouri is currently trying to get rid of their last remaining abortion clinic, which is run by Planned Parenthood. Without it, Dr. Lena Wen of Planned Parenthood says that more than a million women of reproductive age in Missouri will no longer have access to a health center in the state that they live in that provides abortion care. That reminds me, did you know Nicki Minaj, the Nicki Minaj, had an abortion as a teenager? Imagine she didn't. There has been no super base. Whoopi Goldberg also had an abortion as a teenager, but she didn't have the luxury of an abortion clinic. When she shared her story, she mentioned that she had to take a coat hanger to a nearby park late at night to hide the fact that she messed up to her parents. And a week before that, she would just take sips of bleach and other toxic chemicals. Some girls really would go to the lengths just to gain back that control of their bodies. Even if abortion gets banned in Canada, that won't stop abortions. It would just make them even more unsafe than they already are. <laughs> no way. You know, what's crazy is that it was illegal to have an abortion before, I think, 1969. But then the Criminal Law Amendment Act legalized it. And now there's so much buzz that a lot of people want to make it illegal again, which makes no sense. Yeah, although the U.S. is facing recent issues regarding their new abortion laws, Canada is unlikely to face any legal issues regarding their abortion laws. This abortion law was finalized in the U.S. through the Roe v. Wade case, which states that a woman has the right to choose whether to have an abortion. Abortion is legal at all stages in Canada, although late-term abortions are extremely, are extremely rare. Abortions after 20 weeks in Canada usually occur solely because of the threat to the mother's health or life, or in an extremely serious case, um, a birth defect is detected in the child. In Canada in 1969, 
abortion was decriminalized under certain circumstances. Abortions were required to be approved by a therapeutic abortion committee. The committee was a court of justice made up of several doctors who generally only granted permission for abortions in health or life-threatening cases. In 1892 to 1969, again, no women had access to legal birth control, and it became a crisis across Canada and for struggling families. In 1982, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms was enacted. Many abortion activists argued that the abortion laws of the time violated women's new charter rights. In the 1988 ruling of the R. v. Mortangler case, it was found by the Supreme Court of Canada that the abortion law violated women's sections seven charter rights to life, liberty, and security of person. The ruling states the existing law clearly interferes with the women's physical and bodily integrity, um, which actually took out the abortion law and the therapeutic abortion committees. In 1988, the Supreme Court also ruled that a man has no legal right to prevent a woman from seeking an abortion. Deci decisions on abortions today were treated as other medical procedures are, however, provinces still have the ability to regulate access. Due to the fact that power is divided differently among provinces than it is in states, um, provinces do not have the ability to recriminalize abortion as Canadian criminal law is federal jurisdiction. Honestly, I can't even believe this is a topic to discuss. Everyone has the right of privacy, and access to safe and legal abortion should be included. Yeah, and again, um, in 1892 to 1969, when no women had legal access to birth control, it did become a crisis across Canada because people who already had families that they already struggled to pay for, um, they were facing a big financial burden because they could not provide for this new child that had been unplanned. Imagine birthing a child knowing that you won't be able to give it the life it deserves. Yeah, and again, I know I mentioned this earlier, but touching on the fact that many believe that if parents aren't ready mentally, emotionally, physically, and especially financially for a child, that child will often end up neglected in the over, already overpopulated foster care system or may simply live a life of struggles, financially and emotionally. The government barely funds foster homes, and there's many cases where those kids put into foster systems end up on the streets anyways, living with the feeling of neglect. Absolutely. As much as it might be hard to even consider the possibility of an abortion to some people, everyone should also consider the circumstances that the child is going to be born into. We need to look at what's best for both the mother and the child, especially considering the environment that the child will grow up in. <laughs> is it getting hot in here, or is it just me? Anyway, I think all our opinions have their reasonable facts behind them, but at the end of the day, it's up to the woman carrying the baby. If she thinks she's ready, then she's ready, and if she isn't, then I guess she isn't. For sure. In fact, in 1983, a poll found that 72% of Canadians think that the decision about having an abortion be should be decided between a woman and her doctor without government intervention. I totally agree with that. For now, we'll have to wait and see how the debate turns out, especially in the U.S. Hopefully, those making these decisions consider all situations, laws, rights, and what's best for both the mother and the unborn child. It was honestly a pleasure having you with us today. I think our audience is going to love everything you've shared with us. Of course. I hope we brought more light to the issue today and hopefully help start the conversation. Thanks for having me on the show. And that's all for today, girlies. Oh, and don't forget to comment under our latest post on some things you want to hear about next week.